Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap. Today is Monday, January 11th. Stocks are down, FBI warnings are up, and we're focused on the marriage of finance's two hottest trends, SPACs and Bitcoin. Earlier today, a cryptocurrency exchange and wallet company called Bact, that's with two Ks, announced plans to go public via a SPAC, that's with one C. And those are these blank check acquisition companies that have been buying up and then taking public everything from electric car makers to space tourism companies to providers of healthcare payment software. Why it matters is that this deal would make Bact the first ever publicly traded cryptocurrency company. And a big one, too, with an initial valuation north of $2 billion. A few things to know. First, BACT was formed several years ago by ICE, which is also the parent company of the New York Stock Exchange. The basic idea was to provide a way for consumers to manage digital assets, including everything from Bitcoin to Starbucks loyalty points. Two, the company's first CEO was Kelly Leffler, the outgoing Georgia senator who also happens to be married to the CEO of ICE. Three, BACT is going public before its app goes public. That's scheduled to be in March, with the company claiming to have more than 400,000 people having already pre-registered for it. The bottom line here is that the recent Bitcoin boom has been largely driven by Wall Street, with a few big-name fund managers buying in, which caused others to buy in, and then more to buy in, and so on. What Bact represents is a possible acceleration of that trend, with an IPO of popular crypto exchange Coinbase soon to follow. If successful, it could codify cryptocurrencies as an accepted part of American finance, rather than as an interloper. So we want to go deeper with Gavin Michael, the newly named CEO of BACT. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. So Gavin, let's just start with the news here. Why bring BACT public via a SPAC or even bring it public at all right now, given that you're still several months away from kind of your big app launch? It's a great question. I mean, I think um, the reason why we would do it now, I mean, the SPAC market has shown through other deals that there is really strong appetite for early stage companies like ourselves. And I think the reason for going public now is it allows us to quickly finish the capital raise. It allows us to trade as an independent company. It provides the funding that we need to continue to build out the app, to continue to drive the new products, and you know, look at funding any future acquisitions with its own stock. So now appeared to be the right time, just given the way the market is viewed, given the way SPACs are currently underway, and looking at what we're trying to achieve, it all seemed to be the perfect time to run. You know, when I first heard of Bact several years ago, it was viewed and is largely still viewed as a cryptocurrency wallet. But I know what you guys are trying to do is something much broader, right? That if I had the Bact app and it was working, I could, you know, the thing you guys keep saying is, you know, pay for my Starbucks coffee with Bitcoin in theory, manage loyalty, rewards points, other retailers, etc. Are you a crypto company or are you not? So look, our app completely changes the game for digital wallets. We bring together all forms of digital assets and we take a very broad definition of those digital assets into one place. We're empowering consumers to really take advantage of these digital assets in their everyday spending. So sure, it means you can buy your morning cup of coffee at Starbucks using Bitcoin, but you can use it using unused airline points. 
you know, our app enables customers to really convert their digital assets in entirely new ways. Can I just ask about the Starbucks example? Given how volatile Bitcoin is, and I, I say this in the context, right, it hit $40,000 last month or last week, I'm sorry, for the first time ever. Today, it's down to about 32000 No one would ever want to buy a cup of coffee with Bitcoin, would they? So what we're trying to do is to provide uh, infrastructure to power the wallet of the future. We're looking to show that consumers we recognize hold value far more than they realize in these digital assets. And what we want to be able to do is just give them the ability to accelerate the shift to the use of digital assets in payments. That can be a form of cryptocurrency or it can be any other form. I mean, you can turn your hotel points into airline miles. You can use Bitcoin to pay for rewards points. We're really trying to drive an empowerment of the consumer with an app that is easy to navigate, provides profound transparency and enables merchants to help grow their businesses as well by reaching new customers and allowing them to do it at a lower cost. There's less than two weeks left in the Trump administration, but there's obviously been a lot of talk about Treasury possibly finalizing new cryptocurrency rules specifically for self-hosted wallets. I hear different things internally about how much Mnuchin and Trump are pushing forward or not pushing to get something out. If those rules do come out before the administration ends, how does that impact back? Are you guys viewed as a self-hosted wallet? And do you want these rules to come out? So our heritage is, is from ICE. ICE is a company that has the gold standard in applying to working within the regulatory frameworks. We have a platform that is engineered at a native level to support these digital assets across a wide range of classes. It's scalable, but importantly, it's built with strong regulatory and compliance controls. So we have great relationships with our regulators. We spend a lot of time talking to them about the future of regulation. And we believe that we can adapt quickly and readily to the changing regulatory environment that is the space in which we work. So wait, I didn't hear a yes or a no in there though. I heard, I heard some good things, but I didn't hear a yes or a no. You know what the general proposal is here. Does BACT support it? So I'm really here to talk about the app and what we announced this morning. But it impacts you, right? You're going to become a publicly traded company. This is going to be a fairly important piece of legislation or regulation, rather, that will impact all those things. You got to have an opinion on it. So we believe in the need to continue to drive for regulation around the use of these environments as on-ramps to the financial system. We're strongly regulated. We have a very strong AML and KYC approach that meets the regulation that's currently being spoken about. And we believe that we see competitive advantage for the platform that we've put together when we think about the regulatory environment within which we work. Okay, I'm going to take that as a dodge, but I understand why. We've been talking about the app, but part of the business also is a crypto exchange. It appears you guys are going to get to the public markets before Coinbase, which has filed for an IPO confidentially, hasn't flipped its documents public. So it's still at least a month away, if not longer. Is it important for Bact to be a publicly traded company before Coinbase is? to be the one who gets to tell its story first. So I think, you know, again, we've spoken about why we're going public. We believe it allows us to finish our capital raise. It allows us to trade as an independent company. We're there to really drive this new agenda about bringing together loyalty and commerce platforms to accelerate the shift to digital assets in payments, one of which is crypto. You know, we believe that we are taking institutional grade 
custody services and making them available to retail customers. And we think that's going to be great for our customers. We're going to allow them to be able to trade in that new currency, and we're going to allow them to do it in a very seamless and simple way. But you guys are going to be the first ones kind of telling this story to Wall Street. It seems like part of the rise of Bitcoin over the last six, eight, ten months in terms of price has been kind of traditional Wall Street managers, whether it be banks, whether it be hedge fund managers buying into this asset class. Do you think back going public and Coinbase going public after you, does that help mainstream it more and create more institutional buy-in of crypto? I think it provides more opportunities for consumers who are crypto curious to be able to easily enter the environment and enter the fray in a very easy to use app. We're allowing customers to be able to move into that space with small steps. You know, taking an existing asset and transferring it into a small amount of crypto is something that the platform enables today. We also bring utility to it as well, as we've used this example of being able to buy your morning cup of coffee with Bitcoin. So we're providing utility beyond just viewing it as a commodity for the first time. And that's what we're excited about. Can I ask about one digital currencies in particular, which is XRP created by Ripple? Obviously, it's under some pressure right now from regulators. Coinbase has dropped it from its exchange. Does BAC currently support trading? Of it's not on our platform, no. Because of the controversies or for some other reason? It's just not on our platform. But there must be a reason. It's the third largest market cap cryptocurrency in the world. We entered the crypto space through Bitcoin, and that was the first currency we've made available. We have others that are scheduled to come on board as part of the product development, but um, XRP is not, not available. Is XRP one of those that are scheduled to come on at some point? Is it on the roadmap? No, it's not coming on at all. You're an interesting person in that you're really a technologist who works at banks more than a banker who works at technology companies, if I think I understand your background best. I wonder, you know, in all the conversations over the last couple of days about platforming and deplatforming and who owns the internet and cloud hosting, et cetera, one of the promises of blockchain, not cryptocurrency, but blockchain technology more broadly, is this idea of decentralization. Should folks be able to foresee a future in which things like social media can also be decentralized as payments have started to be? I think you can see a world where the blockchain starts to play a stronger role in the way we think about future networks and constructing future networks. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that we see people think about social platforms being rebased on the blockchain to provide that level of transparency as we move and see what's happening with decentralized finance. It's clear that's going to move into other sectors and other applications. And the blockchain is really the underpinning technology, clearly, that's going to enable that shift to happen. Gavin Michael, the brand new CEO of Backed, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here. Welcome back. What we're watching today is a growing list of companies that are changing their political donation policies in light of last week's attack at the Capitol. Some of them have decided to temporarily pause all corporate donations to all politicians while they try to get a better handle on their policies and their consequences. Examples include JP Morgan, BlackRock, Facebook, Google, and Boston Scientific. Some other companies like Marriott and Airbnb have decided to stop giving specifically to those who voted against certification of the presidential electors. The bottom line here is that the only thing in politics more powerful than giving money to a politician is withholding money from a politician. Today, we're also watching Parler, the right-wing social media site that was forced offline earlier today by Amazon, which denied it from continuing to use its cloud servers 
due to alleged violations of its terms of service related to violent user content. Parler remains offline as of this taping and has sued Amazon, accusing it of breaking antitrust laws. No word yet on if it plans similar suits against Apple and Google, which over the weekend pulled Parler from their app stores. And finally today, we are watching Staples, which announced its third attempt to buy rival office supplies retailer Office Depot. The last two times, in 1996 and 2015, Staples was foiled by antitrust regulators, but seems to think it'll be successful this time because it's promising to sell off the commercial business that caused problems six years ago. And just for some context of how far brick and mortar has fallen, today's offer is for $2.1 billion, well less than either of the earlier attempts. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national milk day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.